very sort of skinny little one millimeter column out of it, that that is the processing element. And so our human neocortex, we have about 150,000 of these columns. Other animals have more or less. People should picture something resembling a grain of rice in terms of scale here. Yeah, yeah. I sometimes say take a piece of skinny spaghetti, like, you know, angel hair pasta or something like that, mm. and cut it into two little two and a half millimeter links and stack them side by side. Now, the funny thing about columns is you can't see them. They're not visual things. You can't look under a microscope. You won't see it. But he, he pointed out why, uh, why, the, why they're there. They're, it has to do with why, how they're connected. So all the cells in one of these little millimeter pieces of rice or spaghetti, if you will, are all processing the same thing. And the next piece of rice over processing something different and the next piece of rice over processing something different. And so he didn't know what was going on in the cortical column. He, he articulated the architecture. He talked about the evidence that this exists. He said, here's the evidence why these things are all doing the same thing. And, uh, but he didn't know what, what it was. And it's kind of hard to imagine what it is that this algorithm could be doing. But that was essentially the core of our research. That's what we've been focused on for close to 20 years. So it's also hard to imagine the, the microanatomy here, because in each one of these little columns, there's something like 150,000 neurons on average. And if you could just unravel all of the connections there, uh, you know, the, the tiny filaments of, of uh, nerve endings, what you'd have there is on the order of kilometers in length, you know, all wound up into that tiny structure. So it's, this is a, a strange juxtaposition of simplicity and complexity, but it's, it, it, there's certainly a, a mad tangle of processes in there. Yeah. This is why brains are so hard to study. You know, if you look at another organ in the body, whether it's the, the heart or the liver or something like that, and you take a little section of it, it's pretty uniform. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's you know, yeah. but here if you take a teeny piece of the, teeny, teeny piece of the cortex. It's got this incredible complexity in it, which is not just a, it's not random. It's, it's, it's very specific. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's hard to get wrap your heads around how complex it is, but we need it to be complex because th what we do as humans is extremely complex. And, you know, we, we shouldn't be fooled that we're just a bunch of neurons that are doing some mass action. No, there's a very complex processing going on and, um, in your brain uh, that it's, it's not just a blob of neurons that are pulsating, you know, mm. <laughs> very detailed um, mechanisms that are undergoing it. And we figured out what some of those are. So um, describe to me what you mean by this phrase, a reference frame. What, what does that mean at the level of the cortex and, and cortical columns? Yeah. So you're, we're jumping to the end point because that's not where we started. We were trying to figure out how cortical columns work. Mm. And what we realized is that they're little modeling engines. They, each one of these cortical columns is able to build a model of its input. And that model is what we would call a sensory motor model. That is, you, it's getting input. Let's assume it's getting input from your finger, right? A tip of your finger. One of the columns is getting input from the tip of your finger. And as your finger moves and touches something, the input changes. But it's not just sufficient to how the input changes. For you to build a model of the object you're touching, and I use the coffee cup example quite a bit because that's how we did it. If you move your finger over the coffee cup, and you're not even looking at the coffee cup, you could learn a model of the coffee cup. You could feel up, you know, just with one finger, you could feel like, oh, what, this is what its shape is. But to do that, your brain, that cortical column, your brain as a whole, but that cortical column individually 
has to know something about where your finger is relative to the cup. It's not just a changing pattern that's coming in. It has to know how your finger's moving and where your finger is as it touches it. So uh, the idea of a reference frame is a way of noting a location. You have to have a location signal. You have to have some knowledge about where things are in the world relative to other things. In this case, where is your finger relative to the object you're trying to touch, the coffee cup? And we realize that for you to your brain to make a prediction of what you're going to feel when you touch the edge of the cup. And again, you mentioned earlier, you're not conscious of this. You'd reach the cup and you just, but your brain's predicting what all your fingers are going to feel. It needs to know where the finger's going to be. And it has to know what the object is. It's a cup. It needs to know where it's going to be. And that requires a reference frame. A reference frame is just a way of noting a location. It's saying, relative to this cup, your finger's over here. Not over there, not on the handle, you know, up at the top, whatever it is. And, and this is a deduced property. We can say for certainty that this has to exist. If, you, if your finger is going to make a prediction when it reaches and touches the coffee cup, it needs to know where the finger is. That, that location has to be relative to the cup. So we can just say for certainty that there need to be reference frames in the brain. And this is not a, a controversial idea. What we, perhaps is novel is that we realize that these reference frames exist in every cortical column. And it's the structure of knowledge. It applies to not just what your finger feels on a coffee cup and what you see when you look at it, but also how you arrange all your knowledge in the world hmm. is stored in these reference frames. And so when, uh, this, we're jumping ahead here many steps, but when we think and when we posit, when we try to you know, reason in our head, when even my language right now is, is where my, the neurons are walking through locations and reference frames, recalling the information stored 